0: For a radio. What community sounds like State. Craft beer friends and welcome to another episode of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce, coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, head brewer and owner of Trek Brewing in Columbus, Ohio is John Ream. And John, how are you doing tonight? And of course, what is in your glass?
1: I'm tired, man. <laughs> I, had, <laughs> I had a really long week, uh some long nights at the brewery, three brew days over the last like six days. Uh, a couple of parties at the at the brewery. That had long nights cleaning up and prepping for the next one the next day. So I'm I'm happy to take a break and you know have some beer and yeah. chat.
0: Right on. Yeah. Right on. Did, did I, you did you miss recording uh, with me last episode?
1: We missed one. Oh <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I felt bad about that one because, uh, we had talked about it. We'd set a time and then you contacted me and I was like, Oh yeah, <laughs> that <laughs> Cuz I, uh, had totally forgotten. Right. Um, so, but you did
0: well and the, the solo show went way better than the first couple. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I've definitely become a lot more loose and not so, uh, Really caring as much that everything goes. Uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> goes, goes perfect. And I, I, you know, I went back and listened to a little bit of that, uh, the first episode. And my gosh, it really was, uh, uh, something else. I'll just say that something else, but hey, at least 102 was a, a way step up from that. And I think I kept people entertained and kept the show rolling. So we didn't miss a, miss an episode. And I kind of enjoyed it. It was nice. It was nice. Yeah. 102, a step up from one and two. (laughs) Boom. Exactly. Exactly.
1: All right. So Um, what are you drinking? Yeah. So those crappy jokes brought to you by (laughs) Millersburg uh, Major Holmes Double IPA. Ooh, nice. So I talked about this one on the podcast, I don't know, a few months ago, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, But uh, we finally brought a keg in for the brewery. Oh, okay. Um, So... um, doing some quality control, making sure all our lines are good. <laughs> and, and yeah. That, so, um, But yeah, that, that's what I'm drinking. How about you?
0: Yeah, you know what? I am also drinking in Ohio. Now, Millersburg is Ohio, right? Yep. Okay, yeah. I'm also drinking Ohio beer from Cincinnati, from the old Mad Tree Brewing. Is Mad Tree now the largest brewery in Ohio, a craft brewery, independent brewery?
1: Uh, no. no. I think Great Lakes still... Holds that title,
0: okay. Um, All right,
1: but uh, yeah, them Rheingeist, Mad Tree are the
0: are the top ones,
1: big big barrelage producers. Okay, so
0: yeah. Well, I am drinking an Imperial IPA myself, just like you are. This is the Citra High, Citra High, and it is Citra Yummy, uh, really well done. Nine point five percent alcohol. Nice, nice uh, high gravity beer. Little bit of bitterness to it, nice citrusy flavor. I'm enjoying it. A little bit juicy too. Have you nice, had this one? yeah. Uh
1: I don't think so. Um but I almost had a Mad tree beer as well. I almost poured myself some
0: psychopathy. Mm. So we almost
1: had an all Mad Tree show.
0: You know what? That's that's like Matt Helmer's Devus Mr. Matt's like favorite beer. He loves that beer.
1: Yeah. It'll be gone <laughs> before the meetup.
0: Will it? <laughs> Probably, yeah. It's, yeah, probably. You can always order another keg for me. Nah. Can I put I an order in for what I want you to have on your guest <laughs> task while I'm there? <laughs> uh, sure, I'll, I'll you send can, you a
1: list. <laughs> you can put in any order you want. I mean, whether or not I act on it is a completely different story. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but yeah,
0: yeah, I'm enjoying this uh, this Mad Tree beer, and um, I'll talk a little bit about my my latest taver or taver or whatever you want to say uh, shipment. Uh, I got I got a couple cans of this in, and uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. But hey, let's not get stuck on just some uh, random conversation here, although it is good. Let's go ahead and, and let people know what Tap the Craft podcast is all about in case they are new to the show. We might have a few new listeners because we do have some great people out there promoting the show. So if you are new... Tap the Craft Podcast is an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer. We want to help you guys along in your craft beer journey. And you're listening to episode 103. We're recording on Sunday, July 1st, 2018. And in this episode, we will discuss a bunch of listener questions. Oh man, we were bombarded with a lot of feedback, a lot of questions from our listeners and uh, i thought you know what there's so much stuff to talk about here we don't need to have our own topic we'll just let the let the listener dictate what we talk about in the show and i want to throw in a little bit of my adventures the last week uh, i went on a on a vegas a vegas adventure and had some beer and i have a lot to talk about during that time so we'll talk about that as well as all kinds of great conversation along the way and I know that you guys are probably expecting us to drink the uh, the latest collaboration beer for a rock band, the Motorhead Road Crew with Arcadia Brewing. Um, but you know what? Uh, we're not going to do that this episode because we haven't received the beer yet. They said they were sending us beer. It's been over two weeks and still no beer. So if the beer does come... Uh, for our next episode, then John and I will do a Tasting note segment for episode 104. But if it doesn't, then I guess it wasn't meant to be. But stay tuned. All right, John. We have missed. It's been a month since we've got an update on Trek Brewing. Everyone is on the edge of other chairs waiting to find out the status of your 15-barrel brew house.
1: What's going on? So we're brewing. Yes. Yes. On the one barrel while we Aww. wait for the 15 to be done. Yeah. Um, so, all of our glycol piping is done. It's just uh, in the middle of being insulated right now. Um, the chiller is up on the roof. Uh, so, I think last time I was, like, I guess a month ago, I was like, yeah, on Tuesday it's going to go up there. Yeah. And it did. And if you want to check it out, there's a video, a very short one, because they put it up there really fast um, <laughs> on, on our Facebook page. Uh, that was. It took them a while to, like, get it all rigged up properly so that it wouldn't tip. They are having some issues because, you know, one end of the chiller is heavier where the compressor is and everything. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, I had a couple false starts with my video, and so I, was, I was, like, waiting, waiting, waiting. <laughs> and then I was – I accidentally clicked out of my camera app, and I was trying to get it back. And then I looked up, and it was already, like, five feet off the ground. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> Oh, I had to start start the video real quick, and then it was done really, really fast so um but yeah, it's up there we're we're piped in um and uh insulating all that all the tanks have been placed in their final resting spots. I think last time we talked, one more still needed yeah, to be yep. put in its place, and that's done now, so uh yeah that all that stuff is uh coming along. But uh, the electrical for the brewery is done, Um, assuming that when we fire everything up, it all works properly. (laughs) Um, Because not all the systems are all done at the same time, we couldn't uh, test all the electrical. Um, So we kind of tested what we can um, and uh, hoping that uh, everything else is good. So we haven't had any issues so far. So hoping that everything else uh, follows suit. Okay, so, good, good. Um we had our boiler inspection. Uh we passed. Um we are making a couple changes. Um uh, things that didn't uh well one that probably should have been flagged uh for our inspection and then one that uh is something that's not really in their purview, but uh we need to change it. So we need to get a valve put in uh to stop the boiler from flooding due to the setup mm. um because there's some water that could gravity feed into there when it's not supposed to okay uh, it's water that's meant for the boiler anyway so like it's not like there's bad water going in it's just water going in at the wrong time potentially um so we're gonna safeguard ourselves from that and then we gotta uh change a, the way a drain is coming out um to make sure that it's uh, safe for both people and piping. Okay. So, uh, those will hopefully be happening here in the next week or so. We're waiting on a part, um, to come in to get that work done. Okay. Uh, and then speaking of piping, I uh, had a welder come in to fix a couple things under the brew house. Um, that we have, uh, different slope to our floor than where the, brew house was previously installed so there are some heights that don't line up okay, um, yeah. for certain things so we had to get something moved around and then get some some pipe extended a little bit to make it all fit uh, but it's all done now looks great um, and so it's one more one more thing checked off the list um, and then outside the uh, the brewery space itself uh, the roof is done so they're, they're all done up there. We're dry inside and I'm <laughs> happy to be done with all that. So, okay. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: um, and then a little fun, uh, so, you know, there, it's a lot of ways for marketing, you know, brewery and everything. And most stuff's like social media and then there's still some old forms and, uh, we're going really old school, um, here this week by having a float in a 4th of July parade.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah.
1: So, uh, that's part of the reason I'm so tired today as I was out in the, uh, sun in 90 something degree weather, putting together the float or working on getting the float ready. Um, so, uh, my family used to always do this, uh, for, uh, drugstore when I was growing up. Um, we haven't done it for a really long time because we don't have that store anymore. Mm. Um, but uh, I think my dad's really excited about getting to do floats again. So uh, he, and, he and I were working on it today. And uh, even the boys were helping out um, with some painting. So they were really excited to, to help. So, uh, but yeah, getting, getting that uh, put together and we'll do the, uh, the parade on the 4th.
0: Wow. So. so you only have a few more days to get it ready. It will be done? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, we would have finished today, but uh, we snapped a drill bit. Um, oh yeah, it was like really old drill bit set that my dad had, um, and I didn't have my stuff with me. So I'm uh, putting
0: all my stuff in the car and going out, and we're going to finish it up tomorrow. So, okay. Wow, I can't wait to see it. it. What is it? A big giant beer glass full of beer?
1: Uh, no, actually, we are um doing a, a mobile brewery, so we're like having all my my old kettles and fermenter and stuff up there, and like taking it around. So,
0: oh, okay,
1: yeah. If only they would let us actually like brew all on there. <laughs> but <laughs>
0: yeah, that might be tough. You, you yeah, to get, get a uh, get a get an old. Uh, is it your old setup you had in your garage, or was it your old old homebrew kit that you had? With uh,
1: your- no, the one in the garage. Okay. So
0: the it's a, a little more fun to look at
1: than uh, a cooler yeah a a little pot which people would just be confused yeah so yeah what are they doing yeah i got the the old the old kettles and uh the um 14 gallon conical yeah going up there okay
0: cool well that's awesome okay so um when do you think you'll be boiling some water in that in that system is it coming close
1: oh this is the question i'm asked the most every time we're open um and I just, I feel like I've been saying like, oh, like um one or two months, one or oh. two months. And I said that for a really long time. And now I'm like, oh, a couple weeks, a couple weeks. But I've been saying that for, you know, two or three weeks now. Okay, so now it's a couple um, days. should be a couple of days, a couple of days. No, it's not going to be a couple <laughs> days. Um, partly because I have no idea when this part for the boiler coming in. And, uh, yeah. Oh. But that's that's really, I think, probably the thing that's holding us up at this point. Yeah. Um, so as soon as I get that stuff scheduled, I mean, I, I really think within a couple of weeks, but I really need to get this stuff going. So, okay. okay, Probably so, for my sanity.
0: All right, then. <laughs> all right. Well, then maybe, maybe by chance, you might have something going by our Tap the Craft meetup at Trek Brewing on Saturday, July 14th. Here's hoping. There's hope. There's hope. We could be actually, maybe we'll be brewing your first beer that day. Wouldn't that yeah. be nice? Uh maybe maybe we'll be able to treat all of our listeners to come to the the meetup to a brew day with John. But well, that'd be nice. So hey, we are having a meetup on July fourteenth, starting around noonish until whenever you guys leave. And we invite you guys all to come and join us that day for some beer and some laughs and some chatting and just some a get together. Maybe even we might even do some recording. Uh if you wanna join us on a a little impromptu recording of, uh, you know, whatever you want to talk about, about beer. Uh, that'll be in at Trek Brewing in Newark, Ohio, just outside of Columbus, Saturday, July 14th. Let us know if, if uh, you can join us. We want to save a spot for you. Uh, there'll be plenty of room, don't worry. But it's nice to know if you're coming, just so I can get excited. I want to get excited for everyone coming. And, hey, we do have some people from around Ohio. And the Cincinnati area, especially that might be carpooling. So if you know other people, uh, you know, check us out on the, on the uh, Facebook page and on Twitter and see if you can, uh, you know, maybe meet up with someone else in your area and carpool to the brewery, maybe for a day trip just to see us. So I know that in Cincinnati, we have my buddy Matt Helmer at Devious Mr. Matt. We have Joe at Craft Beer Joe, Brad Fatler at the P- PK Buckeye, and Kyle Lilly. At Kyle in Ohio. They're all coming from Cincinnati and I think some of them at least will try to carpool in. If you are from around Michigan, I'd love to see our buddies from Flexipose join us if they could. Lucas and Jason. And of course, my friend Derek from Detroit. I know he just got done from a vacation so he's probably not going to be able to sneak out. But hey, if Derek could come, that'd be fantastic too. Uh, Or maybe some people down in, in In Kentucky or Pennsylvania, you know, hey, we're not that far away. Come jump in a car, make a day trip, come see us for an hour or two, and you can drive back. It's a nice little trip. Okay, John, um, I see you don't have any beer-related activities besides the ones you've kind of already talked about, which is just brewing in your own brewery, which is not much to talk about. (laughs) Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. (laughs) You you live a pretty, uh, you know, boring life, I guess. It's work and no play. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, hey, I had a lot of activities, so it might take a while. We might need to take a take a beer break in the middle of this thing. So, John, if you need to take a beer break, just let me know. We can change the subject. You can talk a little bit, and then we come back, and I can finish up. all right Okay. All right. So, um, I just got back from Las Vegas last week. I spent the week in Vegas. I was at an engineering conference. I was asked to speak along with my buddy Alex, so we got to hang out all week, which was very nice. And while we are together, you know, Alex and I, we love our craft beer. So guess what? We went to a few craft beer breweries. So I just want to talk about a few. Now, the first one I'm going to talk about is mentioned many times on the show. It's Big Dog Brewing, still my favorite brewery in Vegas. I think if there's any brewery you need to visit for sure, it's got to be Big Dog. These guys have some great beers. And I had a number of beers, uh, some that I already had before, but I did have a, one new one that I hadn't had, and that was their Kilt Sniffer, Kilt Sniffer Scotch Ale. It's a hard one to say, uh, but and this Scotch Ale, it came across a little bit sweeter, a little bit heavier in the mouthfeel. It also had a a unique flavor profile to it, or a f- flavor character that was really hard to describe. I don't, I couldn't put words to it, and Alex couldn't really put words to it either. It was some kind of a, kind of an interesting flavor in there. It was still good. I enjoyed it. But um, some of the other ones I had there that weren't from Big Dog, some guest taps they had, one was the Bad Beat Brewing's, quote, garbage idea to put a team in the desert, New England IPA. And this beer has a weird name. And I was like, what the hell is this name about? And so I read up on it, and it's actually a beer celebrating – Some of the abuse that the Golden Knights hockey team took this year when they brought a, you know, the inaugural year of, uh, of having the Golden Knights hockey team in a desert. Who, who whoever thought of bringing a hockey team, ice hockey team to the desert? Well, I guess, you know, they kind of proved them wrong and the beer was pretty good. I actually enjoyed this, uh, New England IPA. And then I also had another beer from Tanaya Creek Brewery. I know that Chris McKenzie visited this brewery when he was in Vegas, uh, I don't know if I think it was the last time he was in Vegas. And this was called their Hauling Oats with Coconut. It's an oatmeal stout with coconut. And man, it was fantastic. Had a nice, like toasted coconut uh malty toffee-like character to it. Really, really good. Uh good good stout. I really liked it. Had a nice mouthfeel too. And then the last beer that was new to me that I hadn't had before was from Joseph James Brewing. Now I really enjoy Joseph James brewing, and I always expect the beers that i have from them to be really really tasty because i haven't been let down until this one this one wasn't a bad beer it was uh the beer was called new ipa who dis and it was it had a, a decent uh flavor up front but it ended with like a soapy hop flavor like it tasted like i was drinking out of a soapy glass and um I wasn't the only one that kind of tasted it. Alex also tasted it, and the other guys that were with us, they had a sip, and they also tasted this weird, soapy hop character. What do you think, John? Is there a hop that can actually give you soapy, like uh, like Don's dish soap-type character? Uh, yeah,
1: I've heard of that character coming through. Sometimes it's from amount of hopping or duration, or um, but that it can also be picked up from lines and other mm-hmm. other things as well
0: okay so maybe they didn't i mean they didn't uh, clean that line out i mean obviously it wasn't cost caustic because i didn't burn my throat like that one guy did when he <laughs> he drank that beer that had caustic fluid in there from vegas too right wasn't that in was that in vegas yeah, or yeah
1: it was a uh, like mccormick and schmicks or something yeah, yeah.
0: Just, <laughs> or no that was a, it was atlantic city Oh, atlantic was, city okay yeah you're right yeah atlantic city yeah so, but yeah, it was, it was very off putting. Um, I drank it all. I, I finished it, but I, I finished it because I, it was free because they poured us the wrong beer. And she said, I think it was free. I hope it was free because we don't want to pay for it. But she brought this beer and we said, no, no, we ordered, we ordered us a, a you know, an oatmeal stout, not a, not an IPA. But we went ahead and she said, she left it there for us anyway. We, we drank it. I drank it. It was, it was, it was drinkable, but it just had that weird flavor. So then the next brewery we, we visited, we visited Banger Brewing. And Banger Brewing is off of Fremont Street. And um, I'll tell you what, I had high hopes for this brewery. I know that some of our untapped friends had visited and, and rated them, you know, kind of some beers, you know, high. Uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, it was overall very disappointing. in the beer. Uh, it just didn't, wasn't anything special. It was just there, right? It was just beer. I think... Because of the location that they're at, you know, being at Fremont Street, you're kind of, in, you know, the people that come in, the tourists that come in to see that crazy Fremont Street activity, they want to stop in and have a beer. They're, they're kind of a captivated audience. They don't, you know, they have a, a, an, an audience that comes and goes all the time. And so if they come and they get crappy beer or mediocre beer, okay, they, they won't come back again next time. But it's, you know, they have an influx of, of patrons. Um, but I don't I won't be visiting that brewery again. I, I really did not like their beer, but I have a high note. The best beer that was there that I tried was um, let's see, the beer is called Morning Joe Coffee Kolsch. And you know that you know we've been high on Kolsch style. We I mentioned in the last episode that Kolsch is, you know, making a comeback in the beginning of 2018. And um, I've this is like the second or third coffee kolsch I've had. A couple of breweries here in the Boise area, have brewed some, you know, some kolschers and put some coffee in it. And they've been really, really good. This one was well done. Really light coffee character in the flavor. No added bitterness. Still had that colshi cereal-y kind of uh, malt character to the kolsch in there. Really well done. I really like that one. So if they do have Morning Joe on, when you if you do visit that brewery, then, uh, then have it. It was good. What do you think about what I said about the, the location, captivating their audience, the audience is constantly coming through, getting what they can, and then not, never returning because they're just visiting. Is, is is that is that possible to keep a brewery open because they just don't have a lot of sus- sustainability from a constant crowd of, of locals? Sure.
1: I mean, as long as the tourists don't go away. Yeah. And I'm sure there are lots of businesses that would be like that, yeah. you know.
0: Okay. But... Yeah, I mean, it just seems like a weird, I mean, that's all I can think of, because, and, and you know, it's, just keeping it on the same note, it's kind of like the similar to the next brewery I'm going to talk about, Sin City Brewing. Now, Sin City Brewing, I visited before, and, uh, again, when I visited the first time, I, I thought, yeah, just it's okay, nothing special. It, I mean, this beer is better than what I can get on the strip normally, right, because normally you just get Heineken, Stella, uh, Budweiser, Bud Light, Coors, you know, you get all that stuff, Blue Moon. Maybe if you're lucky, they might have a Sam Adams. That's if you're really lucky, you'll have a Sam Adams. But mostly it's not. It's all, you know, big beer. And so for what it's worth, yeah, if if I'm going to pay $9 for a beer, I guess I'd rather pay $9 for a Sin City beer than for a Budweiser. So in that case, the beer is okay. But again, nothing really stood out as being you know, a, a really great beer in, in that brewery. It has memories for me because when I visited that brewery several years ago, I was with some friends and we, that whole night that we went out and did different things. We had a lot of experiences that we both, we all three shared and we're still recalling those memories as we, you know, as we visited Vegas again, those memories came up as, as being sentimental. And my buddy, my, uh, my buddy Jay went, um, out to the, the original Sin City uh, spot where we first uh, tried them and took a photo just because you you know, wanted to take a photo to remember the times we had there. Uh, so there is memories that can be made. Uh, but the beer overall, uh, again, captivating audience, you know. People that want to try something, that want to have a different experience than the regular beers, then, yeah, they'll, they'll be selling beer there. All right, what's next? Uh, we also... Uh, we went to that bottle shop that Chris McKenzie mentioned on the last episode. He was... Well, not last episode. Maybe the episode before last. Or maybe it was last episode. I can't remember. Um, what was the name of that uh, that uh, bottle shop? It was uh, Corey's. And we had a few beers. Now, my buddy Alex wanted to pick up some bottles to take back to Israel with him. He's going back to Israel having a bottle share. And we stopped in there and we also had a few beers while we were there. And uh, the beer that... Uh, I, that I wanted to mention was from local craft beer to hat It's called their hop down for what IPA. Uh, that was pretty good. Really, really dry. That beer was super dry. IPA kind of almost too dry. I mean, John, can there be too dry of an IPA? Like a Chardonnay dry IPA?
1: Uh, yeah, it's actually in the new style now. Brute IPA. Brute IPA. Really?
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about um, this. Tell me about this. I'm curious.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh super dry. They use um like enzymes um to break down sugars more and dry everything out and then it's uh carbonated, you know, highly for like that effervescent uh-huh. feel. Um so yeah, it's it's coming. It's gonna be okay. the next you are gonna see a bunch of them,
0: okay, hey here guys soon, I think yeah, you heard it here from John, the brute i p a and I think I had one because this sucker was dry I mean it dry it was dry, dry um I, I didn't mind it now, Alex, he said he didn't like it because it was just too dry. I actually liked it. I thought it was i it I mean it was dry. I needed to drink something a little bit more less uh less dry the next beer we had but uh but it was good. I liked that one and I never heard of this local craft beer comma Tehachapi. Have you heard of local craft beer? Is that a, a brand that's around different areas and they just put local craft beer, comma, and in like a town that they're from or something? Have you heard of that? No. No? Okay. Alright. It was new for me too, but I don't know. It's it's a local beer, it's a local brewery in um Nevada for sure. And while we're in Nevada, there was some revision revision. I'm having trouble talking. Some revision brewing. Um, a, one doesn't make it. It's only on draft. Doesn't make it to cans. It's their Skunk Works experimental, and this is 5.5, and it was a pale l. Um, and I liked that beer. It was pretty good. The the Skunk Works experimental 5.5 pale l. Uh, tasty. wasn't It wasn't juicy like their uh, New England style IPAs and pale l's that they put out. It was it was a regular West Coast IPA, and they do those well also but i really love love their new england style ipas all right one last thing in vegas before i move on to some local stuff uh while we were there my buddy alex hit his 5000 unique beer for untapped 5000 crazy guy's a, guy's a beast and he wanted to do it right he wanted to do it with a really crappy beer so i told him hey if you want crappy beer you need to find some malt liquor some of that stuff that you know super cheap that the bums come in they give them 5 bucks they get 3 cans and they get wasted that kind of super cheap so we did we found some and guess what it was even somewhat local malt liquor and uh it was called from a brewery I don't know I never heard of this brewery it's called uh Camo Beer Company have you heard of Camo Camo Beer Company John is that a big beer company
1: uh, I have not
0: okay and it's called the Camo Black Extra Malt Liquor. This thing comes in a 24-ounce can. Uh, 24 ounces of utter crap, in my opinion. Super, super sweet, super syrupy, super crappy uh, for a buck 49. Uh, and it was like, uh, I don't know, it was like 16% alcohol or something like that. Some, I I forget the, it was like 16% alcohol. Hey, if you're a bum and you just want to get obliterated, whatever the word <laughs> is, uh, this is a beer for you. Three cans for five bucks, 24 ounces. That's 72 ounces of 16% beer, whatever it was. Yeah, you're going to get wasted off of that. Uh, you're also going to get diabetes off of that for sure. Um, what do you think, John? Is that how you want to celebrate 5,000? Unique check in.
1: At this rate, I'm not sure Untapped will be around by the time I hit (laughs) 5,000.
0: Well, you might be able to get it just on brewing your own stuff, right? You're going to have your full your full brewery will be doing all your your normal house beers, and then you'll have that that pilot system just pumping out beer after beer after beer. You you might be able to get at least uh, I don't know 25 a year. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it'll take you a while, won't it? Yeah. Okay,
1: All so, right. let's see. I'm currently sitting at 2,736. So wow, you
0: are way behind, John. I know.
1: I've stopped having any any beer budget whatsoever, and uh, and I also just I don't even think Untapped isn't in my regular like get a beer, check it in thing anymore. Unless I get something you know, like the package of East coast beers, you know, yeah. uh, like, Oh yeah, I should log these. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. It's
1: you, just, it's kind of fallen out of my habit.
0: So, all right. You just need your, your aunt and uncle to hook you up. Uh, so you have new refreshing lineup of beers. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, you know, malt liquor is probably my, I, I like malt liquor less than I like smoked beers. That's how far down malt liquor is in my, my beer. I know, I know it's, it is a s- style but honestly it's like it's an adjunct style right john it's it's basically a lager or an ale i guess it could be is it an ale or a lager what is malt liquor is it ale or lager or it could be either uh i you have know. no idea actually i i know that the only reason that i know that malt liquor is just an adjunct high i put a lot of adjuncts in it to raise the the alcohol level up high and and get those fermentables you know chewed out so you get a high alcohol malt beverage. I don't even think they can call it beer, right? It's like a malt beverage because there's so much extra crap in there. But yeah, it's not my favorite. I don't like sweet things. Um so yeah, this says using processes
1: resembling those for American style lager. Lager? So. Okay.
0: Okay. So it's a lager. Yeah. All right. Well let's let's stop that. But hey, I just want to say congratulations to you, Alex. I was there. We picked out the beer and we drank almost all of it. I I will say that I drank probably half the can. And then the other two, Alex and the other two guys, they drank like, you know, a quarter of what was left. We left like a quarter of the beer left. I could not drink anymore. It was horrible, horrible. All right. One last thing about the activities I did. I came back home and it was Barbarian Brewing's 1,000-day anniversary. And they had a release party. And Barbarian Brewing is a a local brewery here in Boise. And they put out some great varieties of beer. A lot of stuff is barrel aged, a lot of sours, a lot of, a lot of beers that are, uh, that come out that are very unique. They've actually expanded from their original brewery. They have their original brewery off of in Garden City. And they also opened the brewery downtown Boise. So they have two, or a pub, I mean, they have two, two places are serving beer. So they're doing pretty well and they're celebrating their 1000 day release a party and they had a special release. And guess what, John? They released a glitter beer in Boise, a glitter beer. I, I, I had to go, right? I, I, I wanted to try my first glitter beer. I was so excited that I took Sarah and we went down there and we stood in line and we got our beer and uh, it was pretty cool. Um, but I think it could have been cooler. Uh, I, I, I was, excited and i think i was overhyped for the excitement then i was kind of let down in the overall so let me just explain what the beer the beer is called Uni- unicorn farts which hey that's a cute name right with a name like unicorn farts uh you, you expect it to be whimsical and uh you know fruity or candy-like or something right it's like unicorns it's going to be something cutie uh it was kind of cute it was it was a purple a purple beer we just talked about purple beers And it's an American IPA with glitter in her. Uh, The problem is, is I don't think they served it in the best way they could to highlight that glitter floating around in that beer. Because one of the things we mentioned is that glitter will settle out very quickly. And I'll tell you what, it does indeed settle out very quickly. Uh, They actually gave us stir sticks to stir it up so we could see the glitter effect. Now, I think that they could have got rid of that stir stick thing if they would have used it in a a taller glass a shaker glass a pub glass a willie becker glass and a glass that also had the laser etching at the bottom the one that generates those bubbles right that, that propagate bubbles so the bubbles are constantly coming up from the bottom of the glass and causing the glitter to swirl naturally i think that would have been a natural way of just highlighting that glitter in there so just to Something for the future. Maybe they can, you know, get some special glasses for for next time. They were the problem too is that they were pouring it into a globe or a you know like a little mini uh, snifter globe, and they ran out of globe glasses, so they're then pouring it into plastic, clear plastic uh, glasses, you know, like party glasses, which even has less effect I think than than the globe would. The globe was nice because it, it actually kind of looked like a uh, like one of those. uh or those little snow globes, you know, kind of remind you of that. So that's one thing they could improve upon next time, That what I would do if I had a glitter beer in my brewery. The other thing is, is I was shocked it was just a regular West Coast IPA. A purple beer with glitter in it, and it's just a West Coast piney, citrus, bitter IPA. I think they dropped the ball. I was really hoping it was going to be a fruity, New England, hazy IPA uh, in in that glass, and it just shocked me when I tasted it and it was like total bitter uh again meh, rethinking it, I think that they could do it a little bit better with a a fruitier new england style i p a that that's just my critiquing there um and I made a little short video it's on our facebook page you can just go to the facebook page facebook.com slash tap the craft and the post on there where i i mentioned celebrating. Uh, Barbarian Brewings' one thousand day anniversary. There's a little video there. It kind of shows you the effect. It is kind of cool when it's actually moving around, but like I said, it it only moves around for a short amount of time before it settles. Now, so any thoughts on what I on my critique, John? I'm afraid to uh, serve you a glitter beer. That's for <laughs> sure. You're very particular
1: about how you uh, want to poop glitter. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> well, but but I mean, honestly, do you think that? I mean. How would you, if you were to? I, I know you said you're not going to do glitter beer, but if you were to serve up something like this, I mean, what would? What, how would you present it, or what? I mean, wouldn't you want to present it in the in the best light possible?
1: Um. Well, yeah, but I I don't necessarily think that in a globe. I think a globe, like having it reminiscent of a snow globe, is kind of a cool. Depending on how you did it, Mm -hmm. Um, although I would probably try to do like a silver glitter in that case. Yeah, you know, keeping with that thing. But I think with the glitter in there, I I don't think it really matters if it's a hazy IPA, unless that's just the flavor profile you were looking for. Uh, Yeah, but
0: whimsical. I'm looking for whimsical. Unicorn farts are uniform farts, bitter and piney. I don't know. I I think they're going to be fruity and. And rainbowy, right? I don't know. Okay. I mean,
1: uh, I just—I guess I'd never put that much thought into uh, a glitter beer. All right. But All right. I'm sorry, your experience wasn't everything you you hoped uh, it could I be. I think
0: I just worked it up. I think I worked it up in my head that it was going to be some magical experience, and it and it kind of just dropped a little bit low for magical because unicorns are magical. Uh, I would rather him say Merlin's magic globe, you know, or spyglass or something would have been better, but or maybe something barbarian like viking. What kind of glittery things vikings would have?
1: I don't I think they would <laughs> crush your skull for even <laughs> suggesting it.
0: You're probably right. You're probably right. So there you go, skull crusher. Skull crusher. Yeah. Whatever. Skull crusher glitter beer. I like that. That's see you nailed it right there. You nailed it. Now, you you mentioned something um about pooping out glitter. So I was really curious about this. Guess what? <laughs> no glitter bowl after effect. No glitter bowl. I don't know what happens. It just disappears.
1: It's still inside
0: you. Maybe Ready. it's trapped. Maybe it's trapped in my yeah, in my so innards.
1: We get you enough. Eventually, somebody will make a, a Denny farts glitter <laughs> beer. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. That that. Would, yeah. Okay. That's. am I'm not gonna go there. I'm not gonna go there. No. All right. Uh, all right. Well, hey, John. I spoke enough. I, I talked enough, so I need a break. So let me know what new and noteworthy beers that you have tried that you want to talk to our listeners about.
1: Yeah, and I can give you a nice long break because I have one beer to talk about. So <laughs> um, so when I was prepping for this, I actually did log a beer in Untapped today. You know, we've been joking about it, um, but I, I had a beer while we were working out in the sun, and I was like, oh, I'll throw this on Untapped. And then when I was pulling up, I usually pull up on tap to like put, refresh my memory, do, do the new and noteworthy. And I did not check into a single beer in the month of June. <laughs> um, but uh, here's a beer I had in June. I just didn't didn't log it, uh, which is from Boulevard Brewing. Their Rye on Rye X, okay. um, which I had actually bought in Washington, has been sitting in my basement Um since we got here, and uh, it is a uh, rye ale aged in whiskey barrels mm-hmm. uh, with lemon and uh, lemon peel and spices. Oh no! Um, no, which is intended to uh, like or be inspired by the a Sazerac cocktail, if I'm saying that right. Hmm. Okay. Um, but I'm now wishing that I had drank this early <laughs> here. It it was it was a tasty beer. It was just very uh, it was the it was very uh, I said dominated by the whiskey barrel at this point. Yeah, and I'm wondering if some of that other stuff has dropped out. Um, there was a lot of sediment in in the bottle too. So, uh, you know, and it, this was a 2016 release. Mm-hmm. It just you know, fell to the back of the fridge and then got moved and then was out of sight, out of mind. And, you know, but we uh, we pulled it up for our ninth anniversary. Oh, so, nice. Uh, we we shared this beer. Uh, you know, I, I uh, th- this this past week, as I mentioned, has been insane. And uh, I part of that is because I was trying to make sure that I could have our like the night of our anniversary off yeah. essentially. Um, so we could spend some quality time, which, uh, is not as abundant as we'd, we'd like it right now. Um, yeah. but, uh, su- such as life at times, but, uh, yeah, so we, we got to have, have a night off, uh, enjoy this beer, kind of veg out a little bit, which doesn't happen too often either. Um, and uh yeah, I mean it, it it was it was good and the I mean the whiskey barrel character was was nice. Um I was just was missing some of that other stuff. Yeah. So
0: Yeah. Yeah, I have had in the same that same time frame, 2016, I had their Rye on Rye on Rye. Mm-hmm. And uh I'll tell you what, uh the the Rye on Rye on Rye I didn't have any extra adjuncts in it, just whatever it was, rye beer on rye some certain rye barrel on another rye barrel, or something it, yeah, was it was way redone in rye barrel. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was good flavor, but so boozy, almost undrinkable at the at the fresh state. It was just so boozy. It, I mean it literally burnt your throat drinking it. It was so strong. And I only had a taster of it a taster like i had four ounces of it and i barely could drink four ounces before without literally my stomach turning and getting sick from how much alcohol was in that thing Uh, i probably just need to find where that sweet spot is between (laughs) like
1: brand new and way too long to let all the extra stuff drop out yeah yeah Uh,
0: probably one year aging just to mellow it out might be enough to get it to get it good on that on that rye on rye on rye but yeah, well, good. Yeah, I, I like those Boulevard Rye beers. I've had a couple of different ones. I had the Rye on Rye on Rye. I, had the, the, I think I had the Rye on Rye without the X, without the extra stuff in there. I've had a couple of different ones that showed up here in, in the Boise area. And, I, and again, I don't get full glasses of it. I know better. I just get, you know, tasters of it because I, I don't want to overdo, uh, overdo it because those are big beers, big beers. That's it, huh, John? That's it. All right. Well, I'm how about gonna,
1: you? I know you've got some Tavor stuff, right? I,
0: I do. I got I got my second Tavor shipment, and the reason I I I only got uh, ten ten um items this time because my buddy Alex was coming into town the weekend before we went to Vegas, and we hung out, and I wanted to have some beers to share with him and his brother while we while he was here because he brought his brother along too, and the problem is is that we went out with beers with him and his brother. But um, the next day when we had our get together, his brother had already headed back to where he had to go. So we, he didn't get to share any beers, but it's okay. Alex and I got to share some some really nice beers from Ohio and from different areas. And uh, let me just tell you, you know, I told you that first shipment went really smooth. Everything went great. Uh, the second shipment, not so smooth. I uh, It was supposed to ship on Friday and then arrive on Monday. And I was, uh, you know, so I was uh, expecting it to arrive on Monday, and it turns out that they came to, and I have it delivered to my work because they always have someone there to, you know, till five o'clock at night. Well, they came at five thirty on a Friday night, which my email I got said it was going to arrive on Monday, and so somehow the shipment got there Friday at five thirty. They leave a note on the door, so Monday come in grab a note. We call them, say, hey, we missed this shipment. They said, okay, well, we can deliver it tomorrow or we can. Uh, you can come pick it up. Well, I couldn't pick it up from the from the shipping place uh, that day because I was busy. And, you know, they only were open until three, so I, I couldn't pick it up. So I said, okay, yeah, deliver it tomorrow. So they don't deliver it. Tuesday comes, doesn't deliver. I was out Tuesday. They were going to hold it for me. So I come back on Wednesday. I say, hey, what's Where's my package? They said, well, they never deliver it. So I called them again and said, hey, what's the deal? Uh, You guys were supposed to deliver my package yesterday. And they said, no, it doesn't show that. I said, no, no, no. We had confirmation that they were going to deliver it on Tuesday. And they said, okay, fine. Let me just go pick it up. So then I drive all the way to the pickup place because I didn't want to count on them delivering it the next day because they wouldn't be able to deliver it that day. So it would have been Thursday. And now I'm getting kind of frustrated because this thing should have been delivered on Monday with no no problem. So then I go and I pick it up and I get my beers. Luckily, everything was fine. nothing broken. But I didn't like the way that the shipping company that they're using is really kind of hokey. So I know, John, you had issues with uh, the shipping company uh, the first time you used the the uh, the service. So I, I think I'm having similar issues with the shipping company now my second batch.
1: Yeah, that's unfortunate.
0: Yeah, yeah, but don't worry. I'll try it a third time because our buddy Chris McKenzie just ordered probably two hundred dollars worth of beer, and he used my name as the reference, so I have ten dollars waiting for me uh, to spend on Taver. So that's pretty nice. Have you spent your twenty dollars or whatever you have? You have a you have some money saved on there. You should you should order some beer.
1: Yeah, I have basically the shipping paid for, um, <laughs> so. No, no budget to buy beer though to ship it. So you
0: got all that, you got all that brewery money. You should be good. Bring in some beers.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All that brewery money. Okay. Which is money I'm paying to the brewery to let me do it. Okay. Okay.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, let me talk about some beers. Now I'm going to talk about one from the latest shipment, and it's a Stillwater Artisanal uh, collaboration with Sleeping Giant, which is a small little nano brewery in Colorado. Uh, The beer is called Collaborations are for lovers. It's an imperial stout with mango, coffee, and vanilla. It's a 16 ounce can, comes in at 16% alcohol. And I'll tell you what, I gave this beer a perfect five. This beer was wonderful, incredible. I loved this beer. It had so much flavor going on, and it was just perfectly done. Yeah, five, five cap rating. Um, anyone who can get this this can of beer should should do themselves a favor and, and grab it no booziness to it at all 16 uh, percent and you didn't even know it 16 percent is incredible I mean really good beer um, yeah so one,
1: that's an awesome like combination too yeah like, so yeah I, i'm I'm glad that that worked out because when I first read that I was like, really you know
0: <laughs> i I didn't know what to expect and I was expecting. It to be weird and and not comfortable but i'll I'll tell you what everything worked perfectly the flavors literally come out in like a gradient you know like it comes off with a with a big giant chocolate you know chocolate uh coffee character up front the coffee uh, kind of fades into a little bit of of uh vanilla finishing off with the mango in the finish The, the little mango uh fruity character in the finish after the beer is gone. Everything worked perfect. It was an incredible experience. So, John, you need to try to make something like this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it works. It works. It works. If you can find this beer, that'd be great, too, because then you'd have some a sample to use to try to mimic it. Um, really good. Um, the next beer I'm going to talk about um, is another uh, Tavur shipment beer, but it was... From the last shipment, I was saving it for a special occasion. I wanted to share it with my daughter. I wanted to share it with someone besides myself because it came in a 25-ounce bottle. And I'm not going to drink a big, giant, you know, 10, 10%, 10.5%, 25-ounce beer, uh, you know, by myself if I don't have to. So I, I shared it with my daughter and my wife. It's from Hubbard's Cave. It's the Accident in Hubbard's Cave 2018-1 Imperial Stout. 10.5% alcohol and what's in really nice about this beer it's there's no adjuncts no extra ingredients it's just purely their imperial stout and this imperial stout is really really good big viscous mouthfeel nice mouth coating i mean everything was was really nice with a dark chocolate roasty character to it another fantastic beer Again, no sign of the 10.5% alcohol, and amazing that it didn't have to put extra stuff in it to get this big, bold flavor and, and, and uh, body, really full body, really heavy body, actually. Um, really enjoyed that. We gave that a 4.5 rating, and the last beer I want to talk about is a local beer, and or actually it's a cider. It's a local cider from Merriweather Cider here in, in the Boise area. This was a special release that they did, and my buddy Alex had purchased a bottle before he left to go back to Israel last year, and uh, he forgot to pick it up last time he was here, and we were, we were at Merriweather drinking some cider and having fun visiting, and uh, the the people behind the bar said, hey, you know what, You, I think we got a bottle stored back here for you of this special cider release. So she went and got it and gave it to him. It's called Hardwood, Bourbon Burrow Aged Maple Cider. And this is the first cider I think I've ever had that was 12% alcohol. And I'll tell you what, it was really good. It, it did, it did come across strong, uh, a bit strong, a little bit boozy, but not over the top boozy where it was undrinkable, but it had really good flavor. You could taste some of the oaky maple character in the, in the beer. Or I mean, in the cider along with the, the apples, uh, but it did have a, a bit of, a bit of, uh, Sweetness to it that gave you a little bit of booziness character, uh, but I still gave it a four and a half cap rating on untapped still very good. Uh, have you ever had a big cider like that, John? I don't think so,
1: but I also don't drink cider as often as you do, yeah. so the, the odds are not in my favor okay okay
0: all right well, they there's my Novaly really beers. I had a bunch of other ones, but I didn't want to drag on forever. Just visit my untapped, see what I've checked into. I checked into probably. I don't know, 30 beers since our last recording, so there's there's I had a few things to check in this last time. All right, now it's time for some feedback, and I did not have a Twitter poll for our last series, but I do have a new one for our next episode. I entered in today, and uh, the Twitter poll that you can answer, you'll have until Sunday after this episode releases to go ahead and vote is, when you visit a brewery, do you prefer to... One, have them serve food. Two, have a food truck available. Three, bring your own food. Or four, just get the free snacks. So uh, let us know what you prefer. And already we had a pretty good bunch of answers, and it's pretty mixed, except for nobody wants to bring their own food. We we had no votes for uh, bring your own food so far. So everyone else wants to have some kind of food uh, provided to them or access to so I'm just kind of curious, John. I know that eventually you will be serving food at Trek Brewing, but how is the truck the food truck working out for you? are you maybe changing your ways and thinking that maybe you'll just have a food truck from now on? Or are you gonna still do the food uh, in-house? Um, all options still on the table. Uh, <laughs>
1: but No, food truck's been working out really well. Um we've been rotating them, so you know, trying to keep things Fresh, fresh, yeah, you know, for yeah. folks, and which is actually pretty easy when you're only open two days a week. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Not too hard. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's been good, and so far, Chuck seemed to be happy with, uh, with how things have gone. So
0: okay, okay. What has your uh, has your clientele, customers, have they made any comments on what they would like to see if you did when you do open your food um, service? No, any no, not
1: really. Okay. We also haven't like actively sought out any of that um feedback. So
0: okay. So so you're not ready. How how far out you think you are from actually providing food in house? I, I can't even tell you when I'm brewing on the system. That's <laughs> Twenty feet from me, I have no idea.
1: <laughs> okay. Understand. Understand. Yeah. And Tom Joseph at King Holmes mentioned on Twitter another great show. I was sad when I heard the song but you made it through solo. Love the call at the end. Awesome. Yeah, he was sad because he thought it was going to be me by myself. He's like, oh, I can't, <laughs> can't put up with that. But then he, he rejoiced when it was Denny.
0: Oh, so. yeah. Well, uh, it was funny because I had uh, I had asked Chris. I, I texted him, hey, if you're available, the, you, know, you want to join me tonight? And then he never responded back. He didn't actually respond back until after I finished recording because he was busy working. He actually worked that night. He didn't get home. He didn't get home from working until like almost eleven o'clock that night. Uh, so he didn't have enough uh, uh, enough notice. But what was funny is he said, "He said I'm sorry, Denny, uh, but I'll. You know what? I'm going to leave a voicemail." So he left a voicemail, and the voicemail made me laugh so hard that I had to uh, put it at the end of the of the show because uh, it, it was kind of funny. And then. I don't know if you saw it, John. Did you see when, when Chris posted to our Facebook page, when he was listening to the show and I made a comment about Russ. It's, uh, someone made a comment. It's Russ's fault. And I said, no, it's not Russ's fault. And then Chris recorded himself yelling at the, at the, uh, radio saying Russ isn't even real.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I did see that. And I got to talk to them about it. It was, it was funny. Uh, (laughs) Russ's wife loved that. So
0: Uh, I, I literally. Laughed, I, li- I I literally laughed out loud and and was almost rolling on the ground when I watched and I and I listened. I watched it over and over again because I couldn't get enough of it. It made me laugh so so hard. So,
1: yeah, and you know, speaking of that, you know, if you want to have a chance to see if Russ might actually be real, yeah. you should come to the meetup. Come to the meetup
0: because who knows, Russ might be there, there. There could be a wild Russ there. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. All right, thank you, Joe. T- t- thank you, Tom, for your for your feedback. We also got some feedback from craft beer, Joe at craft beer, Joe on Twitter. Uh, He said, just listen to another great episode. Love hearing beer trends. And I'm still very optimistic that light bodied loggers will make a strong move soon. Also, thanks for the shout out at the end. Really appreciate the love. Of course we appreciate the love too, Joe. Uh, I'm glad that we're, that, that you're linking to us in your blog and that we're, you know, shouting you out on our show. Hey, I love the camaraderie, and uh, it can only help us as long as the shows are good, I guess. But you put out some fantastic fun, fantastic uh, work on your blog, so of course I'm going to shout you out, uh, and we do appreciate the love.
1: Yeah, and uh, Kyle at Kyle in Ohio mentions on Twitter, listening to episode 102 about early 2018 beer trends, and I have to say I'm on board with the Kolsch style seeing growth. House Point makes a great tart peach kolb that I really enjoy. A big nationwide brewer like that has to help with the increase in numbers. Nope. Nope. I don't think they would count in that, would they? Because they're constellation constellation blend. brewing,
0: yeah, yeah. But maybe so in it, terms
1: of like the craft beer numbers, they wouldn't fall into that. But maybe they'll inspire others to uh, brew it if they see that it's going well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think it just gets the uh, the the word out that there is a style Kolsch and add a little fruit to it or adjuncts. Like, I mean, I've been talking about coffee Kolsch. I mean, you add an adjunct to the Kolsch style, it even brings it out more. But I'll tell you what, the Kolsch by itself is still a fantastic beer. I really like the Kolsch style. Add a little bit extra to it, it makes it even better. But you're right, John. I think that that because it's not considered an independent you know, brewery. Yeah, uh, it it doesn't really count into the the craftbeer.com numbers. But hey, if you just educate people that there is a style, it might help have them ask for kolaches or when they see kolaches in a in a local brewery, they'll be more apt to try it because they know what it, you know what it can taste like. Yeah, although I'd be willing to go try this one. So so I'm I'm trying to look it up right now. I've I've had this I've had this uh this beer. I wanted to look it up myself to see what I gave it. I gave it a man. Untapped is really slow right now. Yeah. It won't even load for me. Yeah. It's, it might be down. It might be down. It might be down because it is, I have the spinning wheel of nothingness. Um, I'm guessing I gave it a three and a half. <laughs> but I, can't, I can't tell. I was trying to base it off of what my friend, well, I, I can't tell you now, but I, I think I gave it at least a three and a half, and I I don't think I disliked it. I peach is one of those fruits that um, can work out really well or really bad. If it's a if it's a peach tart, I think that works out good because the tartness is is okay. But peach by itself can give you almost like a care, kind of a feeling of like like throw up, right? You get that kind of really yeah. To me. I've had peach beers that give me a a vomit like character in the back of my throat when I, when I Uh, drink it. You haven't had that? I've never experienced that. No, you're insane. I am not insane. I am very much (laughs) in
1: touch with my flavor. Well, maybe there you go. Now you found your next Twitter poll after the food one. Okay. You know, does does, peach beers (laughs) taste like vomit?
0: (laughs) No, it doesn't taste like vomit, but. I think it can give you some characteristics. Make you feel like you're vomiting. Yeah, like you just got done (laughs) vomiting. Hey. Okay, how about this? How about they can make it taste medicinal then? Give you like a Band-Aid, medicinal bandage, like a hospital character. To me, it's kind of like throwing up. That's my my opinion. All right. John doesn't believe in my opinion, so that's Okay. Let's go on to some listener questions. We had a few listener questions. Starting off with our buddy, Tom Joseph, he wrote us an email, a nice lengthy email uh, with some great comments and questions. Starting off with number one, I'll I'll read the first one, and John will carry on with the second one here. Um, First one, he says, I wonder how the Beer Association makes its determinations on beer styles and their sales when there appear to be so many that blur the lines between the styles. You mentioned IPA fruited IPA, and hazy IPA. I have had a New England double IPA with mango and vanilla. Would that be hazy, a fruited, or an extract? So, John, how would you characterize some of these IPAs that have all these different characters to them? Is it become a, a hazy, fruited extract mm-hmm. IPA?
1: <laughs> no, it, it won't. Um, so, I'm not sure how the Beers, or Brewers Association gets their numbers, um, but I'll say from seeing like sales sheets and stuff from distributors, uh, it's usually just classified as IPA or hazy IPA or something like that. Not, it doesn't get into like, I don't think I've ever seen anything called a fruit IPA, but maybe it is. But I I would imagine that that information is usually provided by the brewer um, or the brewery. Mm -hmm. And if not, the distributor just makes it up and then, that's probably the kind of info they're getting It's just somebody put it in a category. It's not, not the brewery association, but at some point in the chain, somebody tagged it and that's what it's going to live as, you know? Yeah. Um, and heck you might, if, if it's not the brewery specifying it, you might have a beer like that being tagged as an IPA in one market and a hazy IPA in another, just depending on, you know, who made the call as a distributor. Or, yeah, so, or it's
0: just a fruited beer. I mean, maybe they wouldn't even call yeah. it an
1: IPA, just call it fruited. No, they would call it an IPA because IPA oh. sells. Oh, they yeah. would okay. call it a fruit beer. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, it, it's tagged somewhere. I'm sure that they're getting information from one of those big, like, retailer, you know, uh, conglomerate things uh i know i know there's one in video games that releases numbers like monthly you know i'm, I'm sure there's something similar yeah for, yeah. for the for beer um okay. and they get their numbers from something like that but okay i don't know for sure so yeah he, he continues you also asked uh, you mentioned a discussion about purple beers i've had purple as well and pink too uh several local breweries are doing uh Goza and berliners that are Purple, pink, orange, and even blue. Oh wow. Uh, said, I've also had blueberry lagers and other fruited IPAs that are not colored. Uh, my question is probably for John, of course it is. Uh <laughs> what makes the sourish beers different colors and not the lagers and ales? Is it a brewing process or do they just put so much of the fruit in the goza and Berliners that it turns the beer colors? Uh it's your second uh it's the second one. Um it's the amount of fruit they're putting in uh, is what's causing that. I don't know of anybody that's adding color, like just adding coloring mm-hmm. um, to do something like that. But it's also possible that a lot of the lager's and nails are actually getting like extracts or things like that. Um, like we just put a raspberry wheat on and it is pink. Oh, um, yeah. So pink and very hazy. Ah. Yeah. Nice yeah but i i believe it would be the the amount of fruit that's going into it Cause a lot of those are aging on fruit as well and you know um they're extracting the sugars and all all that. so there's probably a lot more contact time and and put it in a different form maybe mm-hmm. um, so yeah, yeah that would be my guess as to where that color's coming from
0: yeah yeah i think someone somewhere mentioned that uh the acidity in the uh, sour or berliner vice will also break down that fruit and change it like i think somewhere they mentioned about the purple beer i can't remember i read it in somewhere it said that the because of the acid in the in the sour it'll go in and 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 change chemically change the the color so you might have a what was it? I can't remember the berry you have a certain berry that's red and because the acid attacks it and changes that into a purple instead of a red, it kind of like you know bleeds it into a purplish color. Um, but I, I can't remember I don't have the article in front of me, but so yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it's the amount of fruit you put in and then if there is some acidity, it can also affect it.
1: Yeah. And there's also color changes from other things. Uh, cause I've seen some, uh, New England IPAs that are actually turning out purple. Oh, wow. But it's, an, it's an oxidation issue. Um, <laughs> but they can't figure out what's exactly causing it as it triggers and happens really fast. Um, but there's no change to like the flavor and aroma profile. It's just a visual thing. Hmm. So yeah, it's really weird.
0: That is weird. That is weird. All right. And the last uh, thing he's, he has to say is the fact that Kraft Pilsner sales were declining was mentioned. My take is this could be a cost versus taste decision. I know you do not have the crazy beer prices in Idaho that we have on these coasts. But here, most local breweries charge 16 to $22 for a four-pack of 16-ounce beers. Personally, I think it is high. I know it is based on the amount of ingredients used and the double and triple hop beers are usually more expensive as are the ones with tons of fruit or other additions. So for me it comes down to finances. I can't get a beer at the grocery store anywhere near as juicy and hoppy and tasty as the locals make their New England IPAs. The mass market craft beers are trying, but it is still not even close. So I pay the higher price for those types of beers. However. I can definitely get a Pilsner or Lager that comes somewhat close to a local craft beer store. I can't justify $16 for a four-pack of a local's take on a Corona when I can get a Corona for $30 a case. The same goes for Goza. I love some of the local Goza styles they do here. People wait in line for them more than the New England IPAs, but are they really that much better than the stuff that Anderson Valley is putting out nationwide for half the price? I would like to hear what you guys think about this. What do you think, John?
1: There's a lot there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a lot of money for a four-pack <laughs> 16-ounce beers. Um, but, uh, you know, especially for the New England IPAs, it, that's going to be something that you just can't do and do well in a mass market way. Yeah. Uh, just because the distribution chain will take too long. You can't get it to people fast enough. Um before those things turn and that's the problem with that style is it's got to be drank fast or it turns mm-hmm. um so that one yeah i'm not surprised that you can't get anything anywhere near as juicy and hoppy and tasty because it's already you know been a month and a half before it got to you um and those need to be drank you know two or three weeks yep usually at least that's what people say you know um so, yeah, that one is not, not surprising. But, uh, you know, for the, the Pilsner thing, uh, I don't know. It, I think for a long time, you know, there was a big, like, push that lagers were crap. And that's what the big breweries were pushing. And we have to do all these different stuff. And, you know, there have been breweries that are trying to kind of take that back. You know, this is what it should taste like, yeah. that kind of deal. Yeah. Um, but it's still going to be expensive and people, you know, will look at and people still look at like a Pilsner that's four and a half percent charging the same as an IPA and be like, oh, I'm going to get this thing that has three and a half percent more alcohol in it, you know, or, you know, things like that as well. Um, but, you know, I, I think the market has pushed people away from those styles altogether. So I don't know. I'd love to see it come back. We've talked about that for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'd, we'd love for that, but
0: who knows? Yeah. So so even though, for the most part, beer sales for local stuff is pretty reasonable in Idaho and in Boise, uh, we are getting a lot more beers that are in that $16 to $22 range for a four-pack of 16-ounce cans. In fact, every single revision beer I get is $4 a can for a four pack. Um, and I pay it. I, I pay it because they've proven to me that these are unique beers that are very tasty and I really enjoy them. And to get this stuff fresh, I, I, I've, I've said on a show that I literally was drinking cans of revision that were four days old. Uh, I mean, that's amazing that they're in Nevada, Nevada, Reno, Nevada, and I'm drinking it four days after it was brewed or even two days after it was, it was canned. Um, and it does taste better fresh. Now, here, a side note. Sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. When we were in that uh, Corey's bottle shop, we were talking to the bartender, and she had made a com she she made a comment to us that I didn't know. Remember, I I had mentioned that I was having trouble finding revision in my local area, and I thought I was I was hoping that they didn't stop the distributing here because I I love their beer, and then all of a sudden, like the week before, I we recorded. I, I got some more revision. I, I drank some, and it's great. She told me that they just changed distributors, and during that transition, they weren't distributing anything, so the reason why I saw no revision beers in Boise for a month was because they were changing their distributors, and they had to get everything straightened out. Now, we're starting to see the beer come back into the Boise area, so that's some news I didn't know about. I had no idea that revision was changing distributorships. And, be, and that's why there was a disruption in, in their service. So I'm glad to hear that they're not, they're going to still be distributing probably to the Boise area because I, I love their beer. But once again, I, I'll pay the high price because the beer is good. Do I like paying the high price? No. But if I'm getting a solid product, then I'll pay the little extra for that. Is it going to be my daily drinker? I, no, I can't afford to pay. $16 for four beers for drinking throughout the week. I buy them for a special occasion to, to enjoy what each one has to offer. Now for my normal daily drinkers, I go out and I find the six packs that are, you know, seven 99, eight 99, a six pack. And I drink those during the week, whether it's prismatic from Nikasi or if it's, um, you know, like right now, uh, I'm drinking the, uh, uh, from Iron Horse, their hand cannon. You know, again they had it for seven ninety nine for a six pack of hand cannon IPA, which is a fantastic IPA. I'm gonna I'm gonna drink that. I'm gonna drink Quilter's Iris Death for you know for eight ninety nine because it's a great beer that is not gonna break the bank. But I will go and pay the the extra price for the special beers because again it's a special occasion, just like Tom mentioned, you can't get that juicy of a beer, that, those flavors, all that stuff. You can't get it in a mass-produced stuff that's on a shelf all the time. You, you have to get it when it's coming in fresh, and, and and I do pay the price. Now, let me go to, I mentioned Barbarian Brewing. I, I don't visit Barbarian very often. Why don't I visit them very often? A few reasons. One is because they're not close to my house. Two is because they are a high demand Brewery in the area, they have huge fans that love their beer. They have the amount of people coming in and buying them. And what happens when you have the demand? The price goes up. They charge six dollars per pint and six dollars per globe, which is smaller than a pint, and seven dollars for some of their beers. And that's a that's too high for me. I don't want to be paying seven dollars for a beer. Uh, I had that go dice. No, I didn't even mention that when we were at that event I also had a uh, a juniper goza. Just a regular juniper goza. Just a goza with juniper in it. Six dollars for for a for a, uh, a pint for that, which was it worth it? Of course it was worth it, but I can't I don't want to be paying six dollars a pint for everything I drink. You know, John, does gozas require a lot of extra work to create them or does it does it need to have the upcharge for a goza? Uh
1: possibly. possibly? Uh, it could be taking up uh, a lot of time. Um you know, if they're done in the kettle, you're tying up your kettle. You can't brew anything else. Um so you got to make up some of that. Okay. I don't know. Maybe. Depends yeah. on what goes into it. Yeah. You know, they could be adding other ingredients that are expensive.
0: So Yeah. Well, my 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 whole point is I can go to other breweries that have just as good a beer, in my opinion, uh, and pay less. So I tend to visit the breweries that I enjoy, and I don't have to spend as much. Now, special occasions I do go. You know, There are some beers that Barbarian puts out that are fantastic, and I'll pay that upcharge for it because I really enjoy them. But I just can't see myself going there all the time and paying the premium price um, when I can get, in my opinion... Similar beers or, you know, or better at at other, cause they, cause definitely Barbarian does certain styles better than others and other breweries do other styles better. So you got to be kind of choosy and picky or picky and choosy. Um, what else did he say? Um, I guess we kind of answered everything there. So, um, Anderson Valley. Yeah. You're, you're correct that I love Anderson Valley Gozas, and why not pick up a six pack of their gin and tonic goza or their blood orange goza or their regular goza uh for eight ninety nine. uh i mean why not i mean like i just said I, i'm paying six dollars for one glass at barbarian or i can get in my opinion just as good a goza you know through uh through anderson valley for you know a six pack for almost the same price so i agree all right enough on that john why don't you hit us up with our next one all right. Uh, Mudshanker
1: at Mudshanker uh, mentions on Twitter. I've really enjoyed catching up on the podcast. Thanks for all the content. Have you all ever done a show on homebrewing equipment or had a segment devoted to that topic? For example, where's the best money spent on a 10 gallon setup, etc. I know there are podcasts dedicated to that topic, but I really enjoy your approach and thought since there's experience opening a brewery. Yeah, well, thanks for the can words.
0: <laughs> Do you have an answer for them? You know, we, we, we haven't done an episode strictly on homebrewing equipment and how to get the best bang for your buck. Do you think we need to try to put something together or can you answer it in a pretty quick method here?
1: Oh, uh, money best spent. Um, Making sure you can clean and sanitize everything the way it needs to be number one. Um, number two, fermentation temperature control. Big thing. Um, 10 gallon setup, uh, for talking all green. Well, actually anything, uh, a pot big enough to do your, your entire batch at once. Um, so you're not adding water back in and all that. It's, mm-hmm. Helps with your other efficiencies and things like that.
0: What what size is that? Fourteen um, gallons. What what size kettle do you need?
1: Uh, for a ten for a ten gallon uh, batch,
0: um, you'd probably be looking at at least a fifteen. Fifteen. Now, what do you yeah. recommend? Do you even recommend doing ten, or do you recommend? I mean, it depends on how experienced you are, right? If if he's starting out, he doesn't want to start ten. He wants to start out with five, or two and a half. I mean, we don't know if he's
1: starting out or maybe stepping up to 10. Maybe he just
0: wants that much beer, Mm. you know? Yeah. There's a lot that,
1: I mean, you do you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you had a a system big enough to do 10 gallons, but for a long time, you were just doing five gallons in the 10 gallon system.
1: I I did 10 for things that. uh,
0: Had a lot of, went through a lot. Right. Yeah. You're no yeah.
1: out. You do 10. Yeah. Or things that I wanted to split, split tests. Yeah. Um, but I did mostly fives for like just experimenting and dialing stuff in. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. So, I mean, ideally, like you said, if you want to experiment, then you can do, you can split the batch into a lot smaller segments and do different things. Like, let's say you want to brew a Kolsch. You make a 10 gallon Kolsch and then you split it into four, two and a half gallon sections. You have one regular Kolsch. Maybe you want to have a Kolsch with coffee in it. Maybe you want to have a Kolsch with some other, uh, fruit in it or something. Maybe you can split it up and do different things and then, uh, and then have, you know, small batches of, of each thing that would, of course, require you have four, uh, fermentation ve- vessels. Um, and, and we're so like, you were fermenting originally in uh, like a controlled refrigerator setup, but most people that start out with home brewing are not able to do that. Most of them put them in their bathtubs or a closet or somewhere that's a, a temperature to maintain their fermentation temp they need. But again, that's going to fluctuate with the temperature. And if you have a very sensitive beer that needs to be fermented at a certain range it's, it could affect the beer so yeah but i went on craigslist and found something for super cheap
1: yeah i mean there there are things out there yeah. you don't need something super fancy to put your beer into yeah you know Yeah. so there are ways to do it um okay so, so
0: maybe we should do a topic a uh, future topic that just goes into um maybe we can do a three-step process where we focus on the beginning home brewer Set up just to get started maybe it's a smaller than than five gallon system just to see if you even like to brew make it easy on the person we step up to intermediate maybe we go to all grain and and then a five gallon and then we step it up to the advanced where we we go into 10 gallon and then what you know maybe a conical fermenter with that 10 gallon and some other stuff maybe we can do a three-step homebrewing process um series what do you think Sure. You got time for that? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I, I got some research to do then because I got to figure this all out. Yeah. Uh, you know, put it together. I'm like, this is all wrong. Yeah. yeah so well.
1: then I'll be forced to fix it out, of Anger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. I'll put it together and then let you read it over before we actually do it so that you can fix it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that works well. All right. Well, hey, thank you much, Shanker. We will definitely take your suggestion to heart we will put together something for all those fledgling homebrewers out there that want to get started and i think i'm going to do it what i just said like you know start off beginning intermediate and then advanced moving up into the difficulty all right we also had our buddy Jason Lacy at JW Lacy from the Fluxtapose podcast and Battle of the Beer great listener he asked on twitter let's get your feedback here and he list he has a post or a link to an article from the Detroit Free Press stating Bell's Two-Hearted ranked number one by America's Home Brewers. I hate these articles, by the way. I mean, John, I'm really looking forward to hearing your take on this because you probably have submitted your entries at one point when you were doing the Home Brewers Association thing, but let me mm, just—no, I never, I never did. You never did, okay. But you still might have some input. Let me just. So let me just give a background on uh, what this is about. So basically, they just had the 16th annual survey from the American Home Brewers Association that asks people, you know, the people associated with this uh, association it's members, members, members of the yeah, Home association, members yeah. to choose five of their favorite commercial beers available for purchase in the United States according to the the release of the article. so um, And the responses are used to create the top-rated beers list, which are, pubulate, are published along with top breweries, top portfolios, and top imports. So that's what people did. And I don't know how many people answered it. I don't know how it comes out. I don't know if it's a select list of things you have to choose, or if you can write in whatever you want. I don't know how it works, because I'm not part of the American Association of Homebrewers. So John, how does this survey get sent out to members
1: uh they email stuff out it's a web form now i think i and i would assume that it is just open entry like you have to come up with it okay um because can you imagine them having some kind of drop down or anything with every single, every single beer? beer yeah you know what i mean yeah. like that's just not gonna okay. work okay um but uh yeah i i so Pliny the Elder was the number one beer in this survey for like nine years running or something until mm-hmm. two years ago. And then Bell's took the top spot. And I think we talked about it on the show because yeah, like Russian River sent them a case of beer yep. or something. Um, but uh, yeah, so the, this list, you know, is, is built on a, a few factors. And I think on Twitter, you had made a comment that or maybe it was Jason that, you know, there are much better beers and in these particular styles of Mm -hmm. some of these things that have been on here, than what's on this list.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, you have to remember that to make it on this list and something that's sent out nationally, there has to be enough recognition that people across the country would put it in, uh, or you're going to, or you need a, a very high concentration of local members, that would think to enter that beer into their five. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there are things that go into this, uh, like the population issue, uh, name recognition, availability, you know, enough people have to get, get their hands on it or enough people have to know the legend, the myth of the beer. Yeah. Um, which is really what kept Pliny up there for so long. Um, not everybody in the country could get it, but it's, really good and you know everybody wanted it yeah um now that's not the case for two hard that's not why that's up there um it's not like people are you know going out of their way trying to find it doing trades and all this kind of stuff <laughs> for too hearted. um but you know that's why heady toppers on there
0: yeah yeah.
1: You know, because it's the hot thing to try to get. Canadian Breakfast Stout has never been on this list before. It's on this list because it was released this year and there's a huge hype engine behind it. Um I mean it was a good beer, but you know, we talked like it's not you know, a lot of people don't think it was better than KBS. Yeah. I mean they're they're tied there, you know. So I, I think there's a lot of randomness that goes into this. It you know, all all these lists are always You can always nitpick them and pull them apart. I mean, at the end of the day, are all these really good beers? Yes. You know, would you shy away from them? No, they're good things for everybody to go try, and that's fine. You know.
0: Okay, so 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 here's where I have a problem with this list. And let me just tell, let me just read the list off for our listeners in case they don't know. Uh, Number one, uh, Bell's Two Hearted. Number two, Russian Russian River. Pliny the Elder. Number three, The Alchemist, Hetty Topper. Four, Bell's Hopslam. Five, tied for fifth place, Sierra Nevada Pale L and Founders K B or CBS, Canadian Breakfast Stout. Oh, actually triple tied and Founders KBS. All three of those are tied for fifth. Eighth is Three Floyds, Zombie Dust. Nine is Founders Breakfast Stout. Tied for ten is Weldworks, Juicy Bits and Founders All Day IPA. So of the ten, Six of these are Michigan beers. What the hell are six Michigan beers on the top ten list? I mean, I'll say that yeah, Bre- Founder's Breakfast style is a good beer, and um, but I, I mean, I, I, honestly, I've had Bell's Hop Slam twice now, and neither time that I've had it made me say that this was a great beer. I d- I don't see the the big uh, appeal to that beer, and maybe I just haven't had it fresh enough. So maybe when I visit Michigan one day, I'll go to Bell's. I'll drink it fresh if I'm there during the release, and and maybe I'll be blown away. But I, I'm shocked that six out of the ten are Michigan breweries.
1: Well, but this goes back to the population thing I was talking about. There is a huge and like awesome group of folks up there. You know, I went to the homebrew conference when I was in Grand Rapids. And There's a ton Michigan. of awesome, you know, <laughs> homebrewers up there, and maybe. You don't know, maybe the clubs up there rally folks like, hey, yeah. vote, you know, yeah, get vote out your, your fa- beers, our yeah. favorite, you know, beers, get them on the list. Like, you know, there can all be all kinds of campaigns like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not aware of them, but, you know, it'll make so, its way into this because, yeah, it was you game. know, I, I'm not saying it was. I'm saying, you know, if, if you get a population that throws stuff in, you know, or maybe once Bell's overtook it, people were like, "Oh, next year I'm going to vote and get more of our yeah. local beers up there." Yeah, yeah maybe. You know, yeah. you don't. So, but you know, those are all. I mean, it, all all of these things are, you know, very well known. I I don't. I'm not as familiar with Weldworks, but every other one of those beers. Um,
0: so there you, know, you go. People you, are aware of. Yeah. So you just mentioned the one brewery. And the one beer that now I'm actually intrigued to go out and find is that well-worked Juicy Bits. Because you know what? That's probably the only one that's truly something special on this list that is worth going out and finding. Everything else I've either had or it's I've heard things that it just like. So that, it's a brewery out of Colorado. All right. Let's go. Let's go to Colorado yeah. and, and have some Juicy Bits. It sounds great okay. to me. I mean, Founders All Day IPA. Founders All Day IPA is a great session IPA because it tastes like an IPA and it's, but it's sessionable. It's actually a decent one, but it's a top 10 beer. No, it's not a top 10 beer. I mean, not not my book. I wouldn't say that was better than like a thousand other beers I've had.
1: And, you know, this is why we don't get clicks though, because I look at this stuff and I'm like, yeah, whatever. Everybody puts out these (laughs) lists and we could yell and scream (laughs) about them forever if we wanted to because they don't agree with our own opinion. Yeah. But, you know who gives a shit,
0: yeah, <laughs> that
1: is really the main thing I say for all these lists, yeah, who cares and but at the end of the day, if somebody looks at this and they go find a beer they like that they hadn't had before, awesome, yeah, then yeah. The, the only one you're gonna find great. is wellworks because that's the only yeah. original one, I mean, maybe we also found the one thing that Michigan's good for, <laughs> We got that going for us too, so
0: well, I still haven't had three Floyd zombie dust, so maybe when I'm in Ohio, I can find a can. And I can actually get that off of my bucket list of beers to try. Because that's uh, – honestly, that's – that. I wouldn't mind trying Bell's Too Hard. I want to see what all the fuss is about. But it's seasonal, right? That's not a, a year-round release. It's it's already gone for the year, right? Uh, too Hearted. I think Too Hard is around more often. Is it more often? Okay. So right. if I can find Bell's Too Hearted and the Zombie Dust – then I'll be in, I'll be, I'll be grateful because I can get those two off of my bucket list to try and eventually Maybe well
1: you know, worth I'll go to the store and I'll actually spend my non-existing <laughs> finding you these beers if they have them.
0: Guess what, John? So. I'll buy you a beer at Trek if you get me a zombie dust. Oh, how <laughs> kind of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, hey, that was fun. Jason, you heard our opinion. I know that you also were a little bit hesitant even though you're from michigan and you want to see the michigan love you know that hey i i'm not saying that founders isn't great i love founders beers but i just i'm shocked that so many are on the top 10 list is all i'm saying it's a little bit jason knows more than any
1: of us that michigan's just not that good
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right john hey guess what buddy it is time to bring this show to a close but before we do that Let's go ahead and raise a glass to some people we like to raise a glass to.
1: Yeah, so I'll raise my glass uh, to a couple of folks. First being our uh, our good friend of the show, Amanda Argar, who was
0: at Trek. Yes. And didn't say anything. I was
1: inside <laughs> the whole time, and I could open the door and let her in, and she checked it out. But She uh, could
0: have gone to the bathroom. She probably had to go to the bathroom. Hopefully, she yeah. didn't go in the bushes.
1: Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, she took a pic outside and got back on the road, I guess, so... Um, but Hey, hopefully we'll be back soon and be in, in here having some beers with, uh, some awesome folks. So, uh, then I'll, I'll raise my glass to, uh, my wife Kristen, as I mentioned, we celebrate our ninth wedding anniversary, uh, this past week. So cheers on love. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's cute. That's cute. Hey, yeah. I want to raise my glass to you two, too. You two little lovebirds, you little newlyweds. You guys are so young and cute. Yeah, you can tell. We're just, <laughs> just like, ugh. Nine years. Nine years. Yeah, you know that uh, Sarah and I will be celebrating our 29th this year. So we got 20 yeah. years on you. Crazy.
1: Yeah. Well, my, my parents are 35 this year. So. Oh,
0: wow. I'm almost as married as long as your parents yeah, you're old. I'm old, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, cheers to you and Kristen. Uh, I look forward to raising a glass when I'm there with you guys to celebrate all the great things you guys have done over the last nine years, uh, including those two wonderful kids. I can't wait to see, 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 the, see the boys again. They're always fun. And uh, I also want to raise a glass to my buddy Alex for, uh, you know... Hanging out with him again for a week. It was so much fun. I wish he wouldn't have left Boise because I enjoy spending time with him so much. Um, but, you know, it's okay. There's there's more time we can spend together in the future. So cheers to you, Alex. And also to all the guys from Open Forum Radio. Uh, they had a meetup in Nashville the weekend before this. And uh, they got together for the first time. They met in person and, and, and partied in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, cheers to you guys. I followed you guys along in your adventures on Facebook and on Twitter, and it looks like you guys had a fantastic time. So I just want to raise my glass to you. And I need to raise my glass to my daughter, Haley. She's going through some rough times. She just found out when I was in Vegas this week, she found out that her cat, uh, the cat that she's she had to to help her, a little bit of a, a support cat when she was going through some rough times, uh, her cat got diagnosed with lymphoma cancer, and uh, so she's not doing too well, and she's having a hard time dealing with that. But uh, raise my glass to you for, for staying strong. And, of course, I need to raise my glass to all the servicemen and women out there. You know, being a former serviceman myself, I know what you guys go through, the struggles and the sacrifices you make to protect our freedoms, and I appreciate all that you do. Here's to you. Cheers. Come back soon safely to your families. And I need to raise a glass to HopCloth uh, Apparel for partnering up with us. And in- I encourage all of our listeners to go to their site at www.hopcloth.com and check out their creative craft beer clothing line and use the code TAPTHECRAFT at checkout to get free shipping. That's TAPTHECRAFT, all one word, to get free shipping. And you can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned in the show in the show notes located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Loose grew. And, John, how can our listeners follow you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Prime Brewing, Untapped Prime W-A. You can follow the brewery, Trek Brewing, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Trek Brewing, or
0: visit the website trekbeer.com. All right. It's last call. Time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show. We ask you to please tell a friend. About our show. And of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, or however you listen to your podcast. And if, as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers.